following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you all joining us here on this Wednesday evening, or if you're checking us out on one of your favorite podcast listening apps later on in the week as well, too. We always appreciate you hanging out to talk a little bit of sports with us. We got a bit of a doozy of a show here for today. If you've seen the title, you do see doing a little bit of something different today, but we're going to get into that in just a little bit. We definitely got a lot to talk about. It is DJ joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. And Kelsey, we talked about it in crunch time not too long ago. We did see a big trade go down in the NBA. You kind of previewed it a little bit as well with Bradley Beal. And sure enough, they wasted no time. As soon as he's on the market, he was gone quickly. And going he's going out west, it looks like. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild uh, getting straight into it. Bradley Beal is uh, is now a son. Uh, didn't take long. Didn't, you know, we, we, jo- we they, they talked about it potentially happening. And it's just like it didn't make sense. And then they made all the finances somehow work with some magic. So. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how, how it works anymore in the NBA with this cap room, but hey, it just makes it work, right? You know, as long as they find a way to get it going as well, too. So we definitely got a lot to talk about. This is going to lead us into the tip off as we just jumped right on into it, wasting absolutely no time. Check out SeatGeek. Use code BellyUpSports for twenty dollars off your first order to get yourself some nice quality seats to your favorite sport, sporting or music event as well. So once again, code BellyUpSports. Mention Bradley Beal now, his son, going to trade it from the Wizards for. Really? Nothing? I mean, Chris Paul, Shamet, a bunch of second round picks. They I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they got fleeced, but it feels like they might have got fleeced a little bit. Uh, it's about as close to a modern fleecing as I've seen. Um, that is for sure. Uh, you, you sit here and look at it and you just wonder what were they what was going through their mind, right? Like what is going through Washington's mind? Or do they just don't care anymore? Do they just wanna get rid of as many people as possible? I don't I don't I don't understand that. But here you are with Bradley Beal. I guess that, I mean, the money talks, I guess, almost $50 million a year is probably a big reason why they wanted to get rid of him. But, you know, you, you just look at it. It doesn't make sense in, in reality if you want to be a competitive team, which, I mean, it seemed like they wanted to be a competitive team last year, bringing in Kuzma, bringing in the guys they brought in, and then it was just all of a sudden, hey, this isn't going to work. No, duh. Of course it wasn't going to work. Um, and then now you're shipping out Bradley Beal for peanuts, a retiree, and – a guy named Landry. Uh, it's it's interesting because I feel like they're about three years late on this rebuild. They were supposed to probably do this a few years ago, but they kept kind of holding on, just holding on, holding on, and they finally just let it happen. Bradley Beal, too, we can't – I know he's injured a lot recently, but we can't forget he's a guy that pretty much – who all but led the league in scoring a few years ago, too. So it's a hot commodity. Probably probably could have looked to trade him earlier. I see why they held on to it. you got to get people to show up to the game somehow. But now you're basically getting him for peanuts. Kyle Kuzma is hitting free agency too, looking to get $30 million a year. So you're left with just pieces in Washington, not even a lottery pick to go with it. So now, now as we look at Bradley Beal heading over to the Suns, that does kind of beg the question, where does this put the Suns out west? I mean, they were arguably a favor after the Kevin Durant trade. They were arguably right there. Obviously, you could say they gave the Nuggets their best run for their money in the playoffs, actually taking them to six games. Now you get Now you lose the point guard, you bring in, Honestly, a Bradley Beal very similar to Devin Booker in that they're both high volume, very good shooting scores. Now you have three of the top, safe to say, three of the top ten scores in the NBA, maybe something in that area. All I mean, on three, one. three dudes that can go get their own bucket at any point in time from anywhere on the floor. So yeah, absolutely. Like no, no piece of hardwood is safe when they're on the floor for it that they can't score from. My question too is, who's going to bring the ball up the court? We saw last year Devin Booker did a pretty good job as a point guard. He gave you about eight, eight to ten assists during his time. But is that something? 
you want to do it full time? Do you put Bradley Beal at point, or is this going to look almost like the Celtics last year? So we got those elite wings, but you're kind of having trouble with the ball get ball control, ball carrying. So I am curious to see how these pieces all fit together. But initially, when you look at it, does this make them the best in the West, or how do you see them fall, falling into place after this? I mean, they were already considered one of the top two, three teams in the West right now, anyways. Um, which is with just KD and and Booker. Obviously, you do bring up a good point. Who's going to bring the ball up for the the Suns and? Let's be very honest here. Don't be surprised to possibly see a Chris Paul reunion situation here if he gets bought out and signs for the veteran minimum here with uh, the Suns. Completely possible. Uh, you know, it is, it's something that you have to look at. Um, any any one of these free agents on the market, Ish Smith could come in and, and do it. I mean, don't forget they still have campaign. We know what he can do, you know, given, given his opportunity. Obviously, obviously, more of a scoring point guard. But he's more than capable of bringing the ball up and handing it off to one of these three stars and superstars however you want to classify them and really just let them do the work so am i going to call them the best no you got to beat Jokic. they still don't have any way to beat Jokic at this point in time uh but a solid 1b in the west yeah i'd give them that i mean a solid top five team in all of the nba absolutely um but we all have to see how that how it all works we've seen this before where teams can get an all offensive world team and then it just sucks. Like, there's just awful. It's just awful. And then somebody gets traded and then it works. But I mean, it's happened before with KD on the team. So, um, you know, looking at, looking at you, Brooklyn. So I'm not going to say it's going to be absolutely perfect right now, but there is a possibility that they could usurp the, the currently crowned Denver Nuggets. But I mean, it's going to take a lot of work. You got to figure out a way to stop Jokic. And that's not an easy task because the one thing all three of these guys really struggle with is not offensively but defensively staying locked in for 48 minutes. Absolutely. That's a tough task for anyone as well. We got to see how they mesh together and we got to see them stay healthy as well. Kevin Durant and Beal have had a little bit of injury concerns in recent Don't get books, ankles and wrists. And you got to keep an eye out on that. So we got to see him get healthy. We got to figure out the Deandre eight situation with them too. Like, is he going to stay is now that Monty Williams out of there? Is he good to go? Like I got to figure out that dynamic as well. Do they move him to maybe supplement to get more parts, like trade him and get four pretty good players throughout the whole thing. I will say, though, you mentioned Chris Paul coming back, which, A, if he does, that's a brilliant move for the Suns. If they, But if the Wizards just buy him out, they need to get smacked upside the head even harder. What they should do, I saw this not too, I saw this recently, worst-case scenario, if you can't move him now and get anything good, you keep him on the team and you say, hang out at home. You're getting paid. This is fully guaranteed. Don't worry. Come to practice if you want. Just keep yourself healthy. Wait till that trade deadline. Wait till Christmas, something like that. Find a team that's maybe even the Lakers per se, maybe it is the Suns kind of fluctuating needs a point guard, but see if you can get a little bit more for, for a team that needs his services a lot more. And that way you get more in return. He gets to stay healthy, which at nearly 40 years old and being a smaller player, no matter whose team he's on, if he's, if I trade for him, I'm telling him not to play to like January anyway. Like we're just like, you know what? You're going to play once a month or maybe once a week. If that, like we're keeping you healthy because we need you for the playoffs. We can't have, a pulled groin when it's two to two or and the Western conference semis again, like you can't yeah. have his untimely injury. So either way, whatever they do with him, I think they could, I think they could play it smart and get something in for Chris Paul. But if the Suns could pull that off, so you have Chris Paul, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Aiton, it's a smaller lineup at the top, but it gets pretty lengthy at the back end and good luck dealing with all that. That's a lot of rotation you'd have to do. Yeah. And, and let's not forget. I mean, like we, we talk about Chris Paul, if, if it does end up that he ends up back up in the Suns or like you just said, like, you know, Looking at this beyond just the, just beyond the Bradley Bill aspect of this, if you do look at it as what Chris Paul could do for somebody, I mean, you talk about maybe the Lakers being that potential piece for the Lakers. 
Um, that's absolutely fantastic piece. Maybe look at the Bucks potentially here. You know, the Wizards buy them out. But I do think the Wizards, if they do make a move, they might not buy them out. And that might be a smarter thing to do and wait until the trade deadline. But don't be surprised instead of trying to get like a player or, you know, something like that, they go for draft picks. Oh, yeah. Try to try to get younger, younger, and and more talented as as these years go by. Because right now you're not getting anything from these old dudes that you keep bringing in. And I say old dudes, but Kuzma's what 25, so not that old, 26. So it's like they're not that old, but they're just they're not good. I mean, they're not. They don't have a single person on the team right now that you can say is my franchise player. That's kind of one like, thing they're they missing. traded Rui. That was going to be that dude, and they traded Rui. That's it. That's the one thing they really. That's the, what makes it hard about this rebuild is they don't really have that one player where it's like, all right, we got this. We will build around this. We'll find a way to keep climbing. Like you had Shea Gilchrist Alexander in, in Oklahoma City as they started coming up. Sacramento, you had De'Aaron Fox, some of these other teams that have recently kind of been on the build. Minnesota, if they try and do that, you have Anthony Edwards. They had Carl Anthony Towns for a while. Knicks with Julius Randle. Like you had you had an all-star caliber player where you looked at it, like, all right, we got something. Let's kind of get it going. Brooklyn now has Mikel Bridges. So like they got to find yeah, a way which, to get. By them. the way, under talk about an underrated trade there. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, yeah, Michael like Bridges that. with with the Nets. Woo. That worked out pretty well, and I think he's that's that one worked out pretty nice. And so we definitely got to keep an eye on to see what they see what they like to do. But I think we're kind of in agreement. Suns probably a top two team in the West on paper. We'll see how that changes once they actually start playing. Because we said that about the Nets for three years. We said about the Clippers for three years. A lot of these best teams on paper have yet to even reach a conference final. So. We'll have to wait and see how they play out. But one thing that was very unique about this, I think is what really hindered the trade is Bradley Beal was the last player in the NBA with a no trade clause in their contract. If I'm not mistaken, he was the lone one left. And now that he's been traded, there's officially no, no trade clauses left on any of the current contracts. So that kind of got us thinking how many players deserve a no trade con, no trade clause. And so it's obviously what whoever's willing to give it to you is what matters, but we kind of thought about it. we're going to go back and forth one at a time. What are some – give me a few guys that you think are should have no trade clauses. Like, they, it makes sense that they have them. Yeah, I'm going to start out with a real easy, obvious one here. Uh, Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any other player in there that should – like, that's the first player that comes to my mind right now that's like, hey, he has a, he should have a no trade clause. Still young, still absolutely talented. Um, and going forward, it just doesn't make sense for him to have – not have the uh, – you know, say in where he ends up, if you if you will. I'm gonna also follow the follow the trend of extremely low hanging fruit. I'm gonna take the current Finals MVP Nikola Jokic for the exact same reason as well. He's yeah. probably never would ask for a trade. He had just retired before any of it. But I feel like he, he should be would. able to negotiate <laughs> negotiate a no trade clause if for whatever reason Denver start just falls into the hole. So I'm gonna take the easy low hanging fruit with that one. Yeah, there's a couple guys I look at here, and I, I'm just like, oh, maybe they're too old too. So like, obviously, I'm not gonna say LeBron because I do think. Earlier, LeBron absolutely should have a no-trade clause. Now, LeBron, he's at that age where it's like, nah, he could request a trade at any given point. Like, there's no point in giving him a no-trade clause. Um, I do look at somebody like, and this is this might be blasphemous, but uh, I'm going to say Victor Juan Vinyama when he comes in the league. Given the hype he has, given everything behind him, it seems like he's a guy that you could give a no-trade clause to even if it doesn't work out, I mean, it's not like the, the trade clause stays forever. It just stays until the end of the contract. But I do think this is a situation for the Spurs. They're going to ride this out to the very end with Juan Benyama when he comes into the league. So they're going to try to to just milk every single every single piece out of him. So I think that no trade clause uh, would ensure Juan Benyama's future there in San Antonio. And it's not like it's a bad place for uh, international players coming in. We've seen it, especially with French international players coming in. 
they seem to love San Antonio. And it would be interesting too if that would be a smart move for Victor because let's say the Spurs just can't get it together for like three to four years. He can ask for that trade and determine where he goes so they don't just send him to the pit of misery. So I'm going to add another fun one onto that. I'm going to look at Shea Gilchrist Alexander, who we recently mentioned. Young, blossoming superstar. The face of the rebuilding Thunder right now, carrying that team on his back with Giddy, and then you got Chet Holmgren coming in and at least 2,000 draft picks the next couple of years. Like there, He has the chance to be the head of a very, very potent snake once that team starts to get a chance to build in. If I'm him, I'm looking, and they have to, they try to move on from me or they try to not pay me, I want that no-trade clause so they don't send me to Washington, for example. If they're going to get rid of me, they better send me to Milwaukee or some, some or Philadelphia. I want to go somewhere like that. I want to... Don't want to end up in Houston or anything like that. If I'm Shea Gilchrist Alexander, get, get that in your next contract, however however you need. Just make sure you can kind of dictate where you get to go in case, for whatever reason, Oklahoma City thinks they can move on for you. Since we've seen traded Paul George, Westbrook, Kevin Durant left, traded James Harden. They have a they have a knack for trading players. I mean, Sabonis, too. Like they have a knack for trading guys away. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I have a couple players here in mind. Obviously, there's there's one that's low hanging fruit. Um, there's De'Aaron Fox out there in Sacramento as a potential one, uh, but I think I'm going to go with a third option here uh, on a on a team that's, I guess you could say building, but it has its own struggles. Um, I'm going to go Lamelo Ball. I think Lamelo Ball having a no trade clause would be the absolute dream for him because he could dictate where he goes next. Because you don't think he's going to end his contract in, in in Charlotte. I don't think anybody does. I, I think you look at him, and I think you, you think he's going to end up somewhere else, and he's probably going to be traded there. And you're just like, oh, man, it's going to suck if he gets traded to, like, I don't know, Detroit of all places. Like, Detroit would not – like, he would not enjoy Detroit. I think him him with a no-trade clause kind of also fits with the entire LaMelo ball, ball, ball family trend as well. Um, and this is, again, kind of more of a silly, I guess, no-trade clause. But at this point in time, there's not a whole lot of players I really have, like – I, there are a couple, and I don't know what your next pick is, so I'm not going to say them. I'm not going to ruin that situation in case you have one of these guys as your next one. But I, I think LaMelo Ball does – I do think he's a superstar in the making. I mean, if he can stay healthy, I think he's an absolute superstar in the making. So it to me, it makes sense to if he were to get a no-trade clause in this contract. For my last one, I'm going to go with some – I'm not going to take the low-hanging fruit like a Giannis or a Steph. I'm going to go with something That's a little exactly more fun. I'm going to go with the real fun one here. I want to go with Jalen Brown with the Celtics. He's up for a contract now. Yeah. He's been the con- he's been in trade talks for three straight years and has had to deal with it nonstop. Every all he's done is make second team All NBA. Had a very rough postseason, yes, but he's been in a finals. He played well and pretty well in that finals by comparison. He's been a really good player who's unfortunately kind of gotten ragged around in trade clause talks. So with this next contract, if I'm him, I'm like no trade clause. We start there, then yeah. we work our way back. Because you. We're not talking about this again. If you're going to trade me, I'm going to tell you where you're trading me. You don't have a, you don't get to trade me for Kevin Durant like you talked about multiple times. You don't get to trade me for this, that, or the other. I will tell you if I am getting traded. <laughs> I will not be traded for a washing machine. <laughs> That's what it seems like. No, it, I, I, I do like that that option. Um, I'm surprised neither, neither one of us really picked Jason Tatum. Um, I, I just because he just resigned his contract and he's pretty much yeah. locked in for th- that's the only reason I didn't go there. He just I, got. I, I was gonna say I feel like he has like a not talked about no trade clause like he has an invincible no trade clause in his contract like he's a celtic for as long as he wants to be a celtic um is, is what it kind of feels like right now and, and you know but boston's a, a flippant city so that can change tomorrow but i did just want to point out like it's not like we're hating on jason tatum or something saying he's not worthy of a no trade clause it's just i don't think we needed to give him a no trade clause just like right. i don't think there's anybody in new york that can get with deserves one really 
we could have gone with him, but at that point we just end up picking who we think are the best players in the game. Basically. So we tried to make this a little more interesting for guys who might be potentially in trade talks coming up maybe, or if not, or young players who might want to at least control where they go if they get moved since you never know when, you never know when it's your turn to get scooted out of there. So definitely. I will throw a couple, couple surprise ones in here though. I will say that uh, I do want to say Trey young potentially uh, Jaron Jackson jr. Um, when he signs his new contract, just because you never know what that defensive style of his, he could he could have that booming year one year, uh, where he just goes off. And then uh, I kind of want to stick with his teammate too, if he can get his stuff together. John Morant, obviously, yeah, being you one know, of those yeah, guys. I'm, but I'm, the, I'm, the problem I'm, is, there's a, the whole lot that needs to get fixed for John Morant to get a no trade clause. Uh, so he, we, I'm not giving him, a, I'm not giving him an inch or a mile right now. Like that, like yeah. right now, we got some, we got some stuff to work on before we start giving some perks out. But hey, that's definitely, fair, that's fair. There's a lot of players out there for there, so go and let us know in the comments below any players you think should be nominees to get a new no-trade clause added to their contract. But that's going to do it here for the tip-off. That's not going to take us into the second, Kelsey's second favorite part of every show. That is, of course, the main event. And for the main event, we're going to do something a little bit different here today. We're actually going to de- debut something that we're going to start doing more. We're going to start doing tiers. We're hoping to do maybe like a Tier Tuesday type of thing. Let us know if that's something you'd be interested in, just different tiers in the world of sports. And today... We figure, why not? Let's just let's have fun with it. Let's do starting quarterback tiers in the NFL. So what we're going to do, we have a handful of different tiers laid out. As you can see, we got God tier, superstar, above average, average, below average, bad, too soon to tell. What we're going to do is we're going to go through all these quarterbacks. We're going to tier them off, and we're going to see where they fall and where they rank. So before we get going, what we're going to do is Kelsey and I are going to alternate back and forth, but we're going to go ahead and get some of the easy ones out of the way. Patrick Mahomes, we're in agreeance. God tier, number one, just get him there. Next, the, we're going to go and put Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. We're going to go and all the rookie quarterbacks we expect to start, C.J. Stroud, plus a couple of guys who just don't have much for starts as well, too. We're looking at Sam Howell with not a whole lot of starts. We're, and a few oh, God, of those I can't guys. bite his face. There he is. So we're going to throw <laughs> Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter in there as well, too. So we're going to go ahead and keep those guys who have less than three starts. So there's just not a whole lot. We don't know much about them. They're going to go and stay in those lower tiers. So that way... We're not gonna we're not gonna be too harsh. We're not gonna be too early. We're not gonna call them bad, but we're not gonna call them superstars before they've even played five games. So that's not before gonna we lead get us- started. I got I do have a question because there's a guy on this list that I am curious about, but I don't know if he's too soon to tell yet. And I want to get your opinion before we just throw him somewhere. And I want before we get started, Jordan Love is he gonna be a ranking or is he gonna be a too soon to tell? How many starts does he have? Like three. I think that's too soon to tell. So we might as well throw him All in right, there. So there you go. That gives us a, that gives us a great look at what we're gonna be looking at classification wise for these guys. So that way, everybody does kind of get an idea of where we're going here. All right. So, Kelsey, you can go ahead and lead the way. We'll just go down the list, grab a guy, and tell us where you're going to put him. Oh, I get to go first. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with – oh, man. You know let's what? Just, let's, let's just start let's just, let's just start – yeah, exactly. Josh Allen, I think we're going to go superstar with him. Uh, I think we have to. I know he's got his moments in the playoffs, but we're not talking playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking just starting quarterback tier rankings, and we got to make it through the regular season first. And as Josh Allen showed last year, he could be a superstar from whether it's running or passing. I, I think he easily qualifies for the superstar ranking here. Easily, arguably a top two or three dual threat in the game right now. So that's going to now take us to Aaron Rodgers' next one. And coming off at the opposite, a very, very rough year, but I'm still going to stick him in the superstar category. I'm looking Ooh. at last year playing with a bunch of rookies. Obviously, some of it's his fault. I don't want to underestimate that thumb injury he had early on as well. That's something to definitely keep an eye on. I think with the Jets, I'm not saying it's a long-term superstar. It might only be those first 11 games where age creeps in as well. But I think we're going to see a return to that superstar and Rodgers, who is 
14 months removed from being an NFL MVP, 17 months, give or take, whatever it is. So I'm going to keep Aaron Rodgers superstars, but he's going to be in the back end of the superstar rankings for sure. That's fair. I understand that. I would actually have slid him down to above average, but I do actually agree. I do think he's going to take that next step back again. I shouldn't say next step. He's old, old man. He's been there before, but he's going to step back into that superstar range going forward. So I, I totally agree that, that that's where I project him being. Uh, but that takes me to Baker. Oh, man. Uh, obviously, superstar Baker, of course, right? No, uh, that's not happening. Not even above average. Uh, we're going to go down here. I don't know if I can actually say he's bad, uh, truthfully. I do think he is a below-average quarterback in reality. I don't think we're going to see the greatest Baker we've ever seen, the guy that led the the Browns to the playoffs, handing the ball off to Nick Chubb. But I don't think we're going to see as bad as the interception, consistent Baker Mayfield with one arm in Cleveland either. Last year in, in Carolina, he wasn't the worst quarterback they had. And that's saying something. <laughs> so, I, I mean, he was not, not bad. He's going to have the starting job in Tampa. There's some weapons there in Tampa. He doesn't mind throwing the ball up there to Mike Evans, just letting Mike Evans do Mike Evans things. So I'm not going to say he's going to be bad this year. I think he's just going to be a below average, but probably to the talent of the below average. If we're putting him as like number wise, probably around the 26, 27 range. I will say he does lead the league in turnover since he entered the NFL as well. Just throwing it out there. He has very high. Very, very volatile, but he will give you some moments. So below average seems to work. Next, we got Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow, and he's going in superstar, but not just in superstar. We're putting him to the front of the superstar chain. We're going above Josh Allen and above Aaron Rodgers. He's he's right below. He's next in line behind that God tier. He's going to lead the superstar group for now. He is that. He's number two, pretty much locked in right now until he gets until he can kind of get some of that Patrick Mahomes accolades, like the MVP, Super Bowl, that sort of thing. But after Patrick Mahomes, you pick anybody else in the league, start your team with it's. Most people are going to take Joe Burrow, and I, I would be one of them as well. So we're going to have Joe Burrow leading the superstar tier. I have a question. If Joe Burrow had beaten Kansas City last year in the playoffs when they'd made all the Burrow head comments, is he a, is he a god tier? Does he win the Super Bowl as well? Let's say yes. Let's say he wins the Super Bowl as well. Then they're then they're both on the then him and Patty. We wouldn't call it god tier. We'd probably call it S tier or something like that because there'd be two of them. I think they'd both be right there because he would match they'd virtually match accolades at that point while also on the eye test and everything goes into it. So right now, because he doesn't quite have this, he doesn't have the hardware yet. So we're going to keep him a superstar, but the best of the best is superstar. That makes sense. Well, I'm glad I don't have the pick after this one, because I don't know where I could possibly put Dak Prescott, but I get to take Derek Carr instead. And I'm going right here at average. He's not going to be great. He's not going to be terrible. He's going to continue what he's been doing the last few years, which is just average. Uh, I'm not saying he's the most average of all averages. That guy is still out there on the board. But he is going to be the league average this year. He's going to be right there in that 14 to 17 rankings at the end of the season. I mean, this is just where this guy ends up. He's consistent. He's going to have a running back in Jamal Williams. Well, doesn't matter what Alvin Kamara plays. His biggest concern is his receiving core being healthy. If they can all stay healthy all season, I think he's fine. Um, he might even turn into above average again. But I don't think we see anything above uh, uh, to the talent of above average. So I'm going to stick him in average just as to be on the safe side here. He's average with those weapons with Mike Thomas. If he can play more than three minutes and Chris Olave and squad and that defense, I think in that division average might be good enough to get you a, a home playoff game. So you know what? That might be all they need for him. Next. We got Kelsey's favorite quarterback. We got Dak Prescott and I'm going to go and put him in the above average spot. I think he's not superstar. He last year was really bad at the turnovers, but he's, he's still capable of high volume plays, high volume touchdowns, high volume yards. Sometimes it's empty calories, but it, He's won playoff games. He's done some 
good things. He's had some bad moments, but we're going to give him above average just on his whole body of work. And I think, I think next year he's going to have a pretty solid year. I think he's going to bounce back and have a lot fewer turnovers. Hey, that's fair. Uh, I don't have much to say about Dak Prescott that I haven't already said on the show before. So I'm going to leave it at, that's a fair assumption from a neutral fan. I, uh, <laughs> I appreciate the neutrality on that. So that takes me to a fan uh, a team. I'm not very neutral on, and that's Dan, Danny Jones, Danny dimes. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to say he's average. I almost really want to go to above average cause he's not, he's got a lot more weapons this year. Saquon's actually healthy. And at times last year, he showed he was an above average quarterback. We talked about, they were five and zero to start the season. So was it five and zero, four and zero? They had a good, they had a pretty good record to start the year. Yeah. They, they had yeah. a good. So I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say he's going to be above average this season. I think, I think, I think Danny dimes is going to go into the above average category. I, and that hurts me. I don't know how how much I really want to stick with that. I really want to say he's going to be average, but just something tells me he's going to shut down every hater and he's going to go to that above average category. Well, that's going to take me now to Sam Darnold next, potentially the quarterback for the 49ers. We'll have to see what happens with Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and squad. But based on what we've seen, I feel like we got to put him at below average. He's pretty much on par with oh, Baker okay. Mayfield, minus a, an 11-game stretch with elite weapons. So. Maybe Sam Darnold has that 11-game stretch this year with elite weapons, and they basically break even. But we're going to put Sam Darnold below average. They're both, like you said, at the back end of below average. Like, they're they're teetering on bad, but they're they're real yeah. close. Honestly, we could probably, once we get farther, we might have to knock them both down a little bit. But expectations are low, but I like the Darnold situation if he is the starter. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think below average is, I would jokingly threw him in there before you started just to, like, <laughs> mess with you. But, no, I really do think he is just... He's right there, borderline. And, and, I mean, he could also be a guy that steps into that average category as well. So we'll have to wait and see on this one. But um, that'll take me to Deshaun. Uh, I don't know if it's Deshaun I don't, or this offense. I just don't get a whole lot from him. I mean, if we just ranked on what's Deshaun's abilities, that's above average. But it's down to how he's going to perform this year. Um, and... Uh, I did it with Danny Dyes. I slid him into above average. I don't think I'm going to do it with Deshaun. I think he, Deshaun, we're just going to get an average Deshaun this year. I don't think it's going to be great. For him, it's going to be a bad season. Last season was a bad season. But I think he's it's more down to this offense for Cleveland. I think I don't think there's enough there for him to become an above average quarterback. And I'll probably eat my words halfway through the season. But I'm going to say he's an average quarterback. That one definitely surprises me as well. That one's definitely a surprise. But that's going to now take me to Justin Fields and we're going to put him right alongside Deshaun, and he's going to be in the average category. He has inc- elite God-tier legs. The arm is right there. We just got to see it all come together, the consistent accuracy, getting the ball out, et cetera. He has a team this year, it looks like, at least a pseudo team. He's got weapons. I think we'll see him climb, but we I can't put him above average until he gets you 20 passing touchdowns in a year. So we're going to stick him in average for now. Well, we're going to keep running a trend here um, on averages because I got Gino, and we're going to stick him right here in the average category as well. To expect anything great from Gino at this point in time in his career is to not understand who Gino is. He's not that guy who's going to go out there and throw for 450, 500 yards a game, four touchdowns, five touchdowns. He's a guy that's going to give you 250, maybe get you two touchdowns passing, but he's not going to make mistakes. And that's the important thing with Gino is he's going to be solidly average. Honestly, if we're being fair here, he goes right here to the front of the average category. Okay. Uh, right behind or right in front of Derek Carr because this is this dude is consistency at its finest when he's on his day when he's not it can be pretty bad but I do think we're going to see a, yet again another season where Gino just has to perform solidly as a game manager 
Very interesting. I think he has it with those weapons. He might have a chance to climb above average and have another Pro Bowl caliber year that with that high completion percentage. But that's going to take us now to Jared Goff, who we're going to stay on the same train. He's going to go on average, but we're going to stick him between Watson and Fields. So he's going to be a little bit behind them. I think Watson, as you mentioned earlier, has a much higher ceiling, much more likely to explode. He had, Goff has had multiple Pro Bowl caliber seasons, elite quarterback per se, elite type quarterback seasons. It's just been very up and down. Leaves a lot of yards on the field, but I'm gonna. He's done a little bit more than Justin Fields, so he's gonna get the edge for now. Well, all right, fair enough. Uh, well, I finally get to jump off this average train <laughs> and give you a little bit of Jay Herbert, who I believe is a superstar quarterback. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe what this dude is able to do on the field is very, and I really wanted to put him next to Aaron Rodgers for this reason, because I think a lot of what he does on the field is very similar to what we saw from Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback, a young quarterback, who can just throw it across the, the, the park as, as just basically as he see fits, sees fit. I mean, if he just wants to flick his wrist, throw it 60 yards downfield while fading away, he can do it. We've watched him do it, and we've watched him succeed doing it. The biggest question I've, I will always have with Justin Herbert is his surrounding pieces. Can they stay healthy? We looked at Mike Williams last year. He was injured throughout most of the year, uh, on and off. Yet Keenan injured on and off all season. The only healthy person he had was Austin Eckler, and guess what? They were still competitive in a, in a tough, tough West Division. So uh, I do think that we see, if they're fully healthy, I do think we see uh, the Chargers behind Justin Herbert just take that next extra step for him. You throw in Quentin Johnson, your boy Kellen Moore, too. I think that's going to be a very fun offense. I, that's something to keep an eye on. Now we got Jalen Hurts, who he's going to superstar, but he's not just going to superstar. We're putting him right behind Joe Burrow. He's going to be QB number Ooh. three right now. Everything Ooh, he's shown. Josh Allen, you like that? Josh Allen, you, you can't turn the ball over that much when Jalen Hurts does a lot of the exact same things with a fraction of the turnovers. Well, is, there's not a whole lot that he can't do besides Allen can throw the ball much harder and much farther. But unfortunately, that gets him in trouble, those red zone turnovers. There's still superstar quarterbacks, but Jalen Hurts not turning the ball over. And that run he went on last year to get to the get to the Super Bowl, with especially with the shoulder injury. We're going to give Jalen Hurts superstar and slightly above Allen as of right now. But And we want to look at Stephon Diggs is yelling at Josh Allen on the sideline. We have not heard A.J. Brown really do any. We saw him pout for a couple of seconds. And that was even in Ferg's. He has a dark visor. You can't even see if he's pouting. Could have been just more Chipotle. I mean, honestly, yeah, we've, we've heard A.J. Brown praise Jalen more than anything. So, um, yeah, that's, I, I, you know, I agree with Jalen Jalen being a superstar. I don't think there's any doubt that he is a superstar. Uh, it's just a matter of where he falls in the superstar category. I do think after his performance last year, he's well-deserving of right behind Joe Burrow. Um, but let me let me pose this question to you, similar to how I asked with Burrow. If Jalen had won the Super Bowl last year, how much of a conversation does he have to be in that, that tier with Patty? Not quite, because he had an okay year before that. Last year was his breakout year. It was okay. so he'd still he'd be missing that extra. He'd be a year away, basically. He'd still probably be him and Joe would be a much tighter conversation, I would say, if he did that. But I think Patrick would still Patrick's probably gonna be number one, regardless of what happens last year. They'd just be. It wouldn't be God tier, just be like lead tier at this point. All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, just have to ask. I I, I do agree. I do There's think a, I, do I think see a pretty agree. a pretty good sized gap between God tier and all the superstars. As great as those superstars I, are, when you factor in resume, Patty's got a deeper resume than all of them combined. Really, I'd even say there's a bigger gap between Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts than there is between Joe Burrow and Patty. If I'm being honest, I think Burrow has a much better chance to get into that S tier than Jalen does to get ahead of Joe Burrow. Personally, 
they, you'd as of right now. Either way, they both got to build up that resume just a little bit. They got to collect a little bit more hardware, but both are well on their way. And if you're starting, if we're doing a fancy draft for Madden, we got our top three pretty much locked in. Three of the top four. Oh, absolutely. Well, that takes us to a guy that's not getting drafted in the first round, hopefully, in a fantasy draft or a Madden draft or anything else like that. Uh, that is Jimmy Garoppolo, who is going right here next to Justin Fields. Um, uh, uh, nope, I'm not. I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm putting him ahead of Baker Mayfield. Hmm. He goes right here ahead of Baker. Uh, I, I, I don't. I, yeah, no. I mean, no. Just. I've always said this about Jimmy. I never really liked him as a starting quarterback. He's average on, on, on his best days on what we've seen from him the last two seasons. I think it's safe to say he's been pretty close to below average when he's actually playing consistently. Uh, had it not been for the run game for San Francisco and, and their extended run game by giving the ball to Debo Samuel behind the line and watching him just literally run over everybody or give it to George Kittle on a tight end screen and watching him run over everybody then I don't know if, if San Francisco does what they do. Mind you, mind you, we're talking about a team successful last year. However, they're successful with Brock Purdy, so that makes me question how good Jimmy actually is because you literally got Mr. Irrelevant out there playing quarterback, and your team is succeeding just as well as you did with Jimmy or even Trey Lance. So uh, I'm going to say Jimmy's below average. He's going to a new team here in, in, Oakland, or in Las Vegas and – all the mistakes with, with Vegas. I mean, I could be wrong. Him and Josh McDaniels could be a dream come true. Uh, I just don't see it being the case. Definitely. definitely. I mean, him and Brock Purdy, you can't even tell the difference when their helmet is on. When you take the helmet yeah. off, that's a different story. That's not fair. But when you, with the helmet on, you can't even tell the difference. But I mean, I'd at least put Brock Purdy in average right now. So <laughs> I can't do that with Jimmy. Now we're looking at Kirk Cousins. And you know, we're going to put Kirk Cousins. We're going to climb up. We're going to put him in the above average category and ahead of Daniel Jones as well. Oh, there's oh, a lot what? of things to, there's a lot of questions, but he still produces. You look at his numbers 30 plus touchdowns, multiple years, 4,000 plus yards. You got another season with the offensive coordinator. They're clearly building around the pass game. Do I trust him in big moments? Maybe not necessarily, but that's why he's not in that orange or that red tier at the top. But as far as above average goes, He's been pretty above average. We call him the mid of mids because we have high expecta- higher expectations that he falls short of. But I think above average is fine. If you have low expectations, he'll 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 exceed them. If you have high expectations, he'll disappoint you. So I think above average is a good spot for him. He's in that Dak Prescott range too. Yeah, I mean, he definitely benefits from an absolutely killer receiver weapon out there in, in Justin Jefferson, and even a tight end out there that who's absolutely fantastic in TJ Hawkinson. And I think he's going to miss Dalvin a lot more than a lot of people are thinking. But I do think they the weapons they got in the draft and going forward. I do think Alexander Madison is a good running back. Um, I do think he'll be he's more than more than more than capable of being an above average quarterback. I mean, he showed a lot of it last year. Did struggle at times, but still was an above average quarterback as far as really last year's quarterback rankings went. Especially, it was his best year by far, and it, you know you saw the consistency. I mean, there's no there, there's 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 a reason why. Uh, Thuggy Kirk came out to play at some point in time last season. And uh, you won 13 he's... games with the 31st ranked defense. You got to be at least above average. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I give mean, I'll, give him, I, I'll, I'll give him credit where credit is due here. He's uh he is, he's definitely been above average quarterback. All right. So that's going to take me to Lamar. And I got to say, I'm in a quandary with Lamar. I don't know if I should show him in above average or if I should show, throw him up here in superstar. And the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant here to throw him in superstar is because of the health. I'm going to keep him here at Superstar, but I'm going to keep him at the back end of Superstar. 
And that is because I do question his health. If I could honestly put it in between the middle of them, I would. But realistically, I think a superstar is where he belongs. He is that dude. He is a former MVP at, what, 24 years old when he won MVP? It's, can still do it with his legs, can still do it with his arm, as much as people like to give him crap about it. I do think that's his next progression, is to be able to throw with more touch to his passes and more consistency in those in those passes, especially the intermediate range, especially in the middle of the field intermediate. Um, he Long ball, no issue. Short, no issue. That intermediate range is where he does struggle the most. Uh, it's where you see the most mistakes, and especially in the middle. He does like the outside of the numbers to Mark Andrews. That's where him and Mark Andrews connect the most. Uh, but I do think Lamar is still a superstar. I don't think he's up there where he once was, where we're talking about Joe Burrow, Lamar. But I also don't think he's too far removed from that. I do think he's, it, depending on his season this year, especially with the contract out of the way, he could slide right in there next to Jalen again. And it'd be him, Josh Allen, Jalen as that next sub-tier to, to Joe Burrow, basically. Absolutely. And plus with the weapons he has right now, we're really going to see what he can do with the arm for sure. It's not going to be throwing to willie sneed anymore any anything like that Thank so i definitely care to see what he can do here so it's not gonna take us to trevor lawrence who i think is in the, the exact same position as lamar basically as far as i kind of want him in between i'm gonna put him at the top of above average for now he's okay. more than superstar caliber he'll probably be be there by week four honestly but i don't want to pack superstar with eight different guys and trevor lawrence had a really bad rookie year we blame urban meyer for that because he was terrible a really good back half of the year last year with dougie p like those last seven games and the playoff game, he had a really good second half, but a miserable first half. So I think he's well, well on his way. If we did a fantasy draft, he's probably in that top seven. He's probably taken above a couple of those guys in Superstar because of the age and the potential and the trajectory. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep him as the leader of, of above average. Like no one's passing the above average that's left. So he's right on the cusp. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I do Now I do feel a little bit highly on him this year. I do think what's going to be telling is how he does uh, with his new receiving weapons. Um, I do think, especially with Calvin Ridley, I think they're going to surprise some people that it shouldn't surprise people. Let's be fair. I mean, he has been like God's gift to the football game since what, high school. So he, Trevor Lawrence should be surprising nobody when he decides to have a fantastic season this year. But I do think somehow he's going to yet still surprise people, him and Calvin Ridley. So I do, I do like that placement for him though, right there at the top of above average. But yeah, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised to see him by the end of the season as a full on superstar at the end of the season so you look at it we have him as like what the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the game right now yeah. like that's about that, i think that's about the right spot for him he can very easily be in that josh allen category by the end of the year like it's very he's not that far off there's a small gap after josh allen and everybody else that's a very small gap yeah absolutely i wholeheartedly agree all right so that's going to take me from one end of the spectrum to the other i'm going mac jones and sorry mackie but you're going right here at the end of below average i'm not going to give him bad because there's not a single person on that Patriots team I can literally look at last year and grade and not be like, your coaching staff screwed you. <laughs> like, like, every single coach, every single offensive player on that team deserves an asterisk next to their stats from last season. Because it was awful. Everything that happened last year was awful. But I also don't think Mac Jones is that great of an NFL quarterback. Uh, average would be giving too much credit. I think below average is where he belongs right now until proven otherwise. We'll have to see this year with a full offensive coordinator in, in place and what he had, what they have brought into this team. Uh, but I'm going to say Mac Jones is giving you below average. I'm still a fan of Bailey Zappi season, so uh, give me Bailey Zappi by the end of the season. But for now, Mac Jones will be a below average quarterback. 
even below Baker and Sam Darnold, though, huh? Even lower on the tiers than those two. I think he gets replaced quicker because of Bill than the other two. I think the other two have a longer leash. Well, well mostly because there's nobody behind Sam Darnold, and then for Baker, there's Will Trask. Well, so, be- well, that's because Sam Darnold is the one that's behind everybody right now. They're just all yeah. broken. So that's going to lead us now to Colt McCoy and. Colt McCoy, very serviceable, really good backup, but for a start, he's only here due to Kyler Murray injuries. We're gonna have to, that's gonna be our debut into the bad category, I believe. Da, Not all is very, very limited and as a really good NFL quarterback, but when we're talking starters, it's hard to rank him above a whole lot of these other guys right now. He's only the starter because Kyler Murray's leg exploded in week 17 last year. So we're gonna put Colt McCoy as the debut for bad as far as starting rankings go. All right, fair enough. I, I can agree with that. Um, now we're going to go do Kenny Pickett. So this one's unique because I feel like I could throw him in a below average or above average, but given his season last year, given where we have Justin Fields, I'm going to slide him right here behind Justin. I don't think anything bad about Kenny Pickett. I don't think anything great's going to come from Kenny Pickett. I do. Just like I said, last season, this team goes as far as the run game goes. And without the run game, you saw a lot of struggles. They did get some things going with George Pickens on the outside. But now with Kenny Pickett in his second full season, he's going to be asked to take on a lot more onus. So I do think we're going to see the full Kenny Pickett experience this year. We're going to see that athleticism we saw in college that literally changed the rules of college football. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I do think we still see a feature of Najee Harris in that offense. I don't think there's any question about that. Mike Tomlin's name, like basically sign-off form for for coaching is like, I will run the ball a thousand times. Like I feel like that just goes in Mike Tomlin's DNA. Um, or really any Steelers court, any Steelers uh, coaching DNA. And here we're going to have Kenny Pickett try to just, you know, can he make the other times count is going to be the question for Kenny Pickett. Um, but I think for right now, he just slides into average. You know, that that's fair as well. I think he's got a lot to prove, but at the same time, he does have some burn. He just does have some moments. He just has to, he's got, he's got some rookie woes and he's an older rookie. He was an older rookie. So definitely some things to see. That's now going to take us to danger. Russ, Russell Wilson, we did just last year. He's clearly in that green category, but I'm going to also give him the fa- benefit of the doubt with what he's done. We're going to put him at the top of below average for now. Last year was that bad, but when you look at some of the moments that he had, when the, it was controlled chaos where he's allowed to run around and just chuck it deep, still put up like four touchdowns against the Chiefs or three touchdowns in that shootout. Still had his moments. The problem is there was so much bad. I think with Sean Payton there, it's going to get a little bit better, but we're going to He's below average for now, but he could very easily be average, maybe even climb to above average. But last year was just so bad, I can't really go much higher than this form right now. But I would say there's a good gap between like him, Jimmy, and then those other three on this level. Those other three could very easily be bad, where Jimmy and Russ really aren't going to get into bad. I honestly think think you might be a little bit more harsh on Russ than I was going to be. I was actually going to put him at the tail end of average for the same reasons. Uh, but I get what you're saying. Like right now, I do think he does kind of classify as that below average category. Uh, not really slipping into bad unless he just absolutely tanks this season. But yeah, I mean, does have an opportunity to go back to Russ we saw in Seattle at times and maybe even approach that above average category if he has a good enough season. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But Russ is just such a... So there's something about him in Denver that just doesn't fit for me. And it still feels that way. And I just don't know. Yeah, he, so. he struggles to find success unless things are broken. He's allowed to play backyard football. Anytime that's not an option or the deep or the defensive linemen stay home, he looked lost and broken. So that we're going to keep him below average until proven otherwise. Yeah. So, all right, that's going to take me to Matt Stafford. And this one's probably going to hurt me a bit. We're talking about not far removed from a Super Bowl. 
just shy of a Super Bowl MVP had it not been for, you know, a guy by the name of Cooper Cup uh, that he threw the ball to a thousand and one times. But, yeah, I'm going to go Matt Stafford's going to go in below average. I'm going to say he slides right in between Jimmy and Baker as that could go one way or the other. I just I don't know what's going on with Stafford. I don't know how much that injury last year really is telling on his career. And truthfully, after winning a, a title, I don't know how much he cares about playing football going forward. It, like, it seems like the love that he had for the game really disappeared after that title. Last year, he was just, it didn't seem like he, you know, when he was playing, it didn't seem like he was in it as much that we've seen with, previously with Stafford. So I worry this year, you know, a guy, I've said this before. I said it with Tom Brady. I'm going to say it again. Anytime there's a guy that talks about retirement, I immediately worry about their future and where it goes because that means they're mentally not 100% sold into the game. So uh, it does make me a little concerned. And that's that's why I'm going to stick him right there in below average. And let's not also forget he had a spinal cord injury too on top of it. Not just like a normal injury, a spinal cord injury. He honestly should probably consider retiring as it is right now because I don't want to see him get hurt. He is taking way too many injuries so far. So you've done everything. It's all good. If he's feeling good, go out there and give it a try. But I agree with you. It's hard to – there's too many concerns at that point. But that's going to take me to Ryan Tannehill who is – He's the epitome of average, but he's been kind of bad since those playoffs a couple of years ago. So he's going to be the he's going to be the below average, but after Russ before Jimmy, because he's pretty much Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. He had a really good run with Tennessee to start, but last year with the injuries and just very up and down, they lost what was a six in a row to end the season, something like that. That playoff game against the Bengals, he was very very rough. He's just it's he's pretty much carried by Derrick Henry. That's so I'm going to give him below average for now. He's he was average. 16 months ago before last season, he was a comfortable average, but I think he's starting to, he's on the Dallas Hill swing. That's why we see Will Levis being brought into. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, so that's going to take us to the last quarterback we're going to rank here. And that's going to be Tua. And Tua is a weird guy because he's, if you look at his entire season, our entire career, I feel like average to below average is where he falls. But if you look at last season before the head injuries, I'm going to say he goes in the above average category here. So I'm going to stick him in above average because I think he learned a lot last season. I think him and Mike McDaniel have a lot of chemistry. And I think what him and Tyreek are able to do is even better. And let's not forget that he just so happens to have the Penguin over there as his number one receiver. Sorry, Tyreek, you're not his number one receiver anymore. Uh, I mean, you you probably won. You're, you're, you're one A and a half and Jalen Waddle's one A and a half as well. So I, I don't know. It's 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 tough twist between the two, but like you got to say with Jalen Waddle with with uh, Tyreek, I don't think there's any question that you see a lot from Tua, and you also look at their, what their improvements have been in this offseason. It just sets Tua up for a lot, a lot of improvement. So I'm gonna say Tua stands in the above average category, but that's my thought. I think that's a good spot for him. I would even move my head at Daniel Jones, but I, I can see why I'm being there, especially with the injury concerns. The accuracy that we always knew was finally on display. He showed good arm strength, not underthrowing Tyreek and Jalen Watt all the time. He looked really good if he could just stay healthy. And missing that playoff game down the stretch, too, there's, that health is a real concern. But here we are, everybody, anyone who's watching in, here, anyone who's watching on the either on YouTube, Twitter, able to see the live stream, here's the quarterback rankings. Of course, Patrick Mahomes, top of God tier. We have... Looks like we have six quarterbacks here in superstar, five and above average, six in average. Looks like we got seven and below average, one in bad, who that's unfortunate because he's really not a normal starter. Then we got five, we got six that are a little bit too soon to tell. So let us know in the comments below, too. What do you think? Where did we get it right? Where did we get it wrong? What's blasphemy? What is dead on? 
and who's going to make a big leap net move in next year. So once again, starting QB tier rankings, we plan on doing a little bit more tiers. These were kind of fun. So keep an eye out. We're thinking about starting a little series, maybe like tier Tuesday, doing a bunch of different things as well. So keep an eye out for those on our YouTube channel moving forward as well. But Kelsey, what, what are your thoughts? You take a look at this. You feel pretty good about this list. You feeling ashamed about it. What are our thoughts here? I feel pretty good about it. I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm starting to question my, my Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, uh, Mac Jones situation here and below average. I'm starting to think I'm starting to think, uh, you know, Sammy D there needs to probably go down to bad. Um, I'd also say Mac Jones. I I think he still stays in below average, still stays at the end. But I'm I'm thinking Sammy D slides down. Going, you know, going sliding down. Let's let's let Cole McCoy doesn't need by himself. And I'm going to say put Mac Jones at least in front of Baker. Just just by a little bit. Okay. just because Baker did. He's been in like five teams in in one, two years. So like that you can't. Yeah, you can't be ahead of anybody in a category at that point. Oh, that's fair. All right, what about you? Anything you want to change on this one? No, this, you know what? We're going to go ahead and roll with this. Everyone take a look at it. If you like it, let us know. If you hate it, let us know as well, too. Definitely definitely fun to do something like this, and we definitely have a lot more tiers coming up in the future as well. But that's going to do it here for the main event. Once again, QB tiers starting. We appreciate you all who are able to kept jump in and check this out with us. That's now going to take us into Kelsey's favorite part of every show. That, of course, is Crunch Time. Crunch Time brought to you by our good friends over at Outlier outlier.bet backslash high low sports get yourself a free seven day trial best smarter not harder see if you can win yourself a few dollars jumping into the world of sports betting unless you're in the nfl then don't do it it's not worth it now don't even try it but for crunch time you know what i'm gonna go ahead and lead the way on this one for us really quick so i know you got a fun one you want to round it out on talking i'm gonna talk about brandon miller who's gonna be a top three pick in the nba draft this week really really good player very versatile really good small forward offensively defensively there was a quote where they were talking about the goat and he said Look, LeBron, I don't see LeBron's go. I consider Paul George my go. If he meant if he means his favorite player, that's actually really cool because they have a very comparable game. And Paul George is a bad dude. A he was a top 10 player in this league multiple times. Right now he's still probably top 15-ish when he's healthy. But to put him as your goat, that's a little bit. I hope that was just a mischoice of words. I hope he just meant like he's one of my favorites. Because calling Paul George the goat is just it's a head scratcher. It makes me just like that's that's trying to be contrarian. That's like somebody's trying to say, I don't want to make more money because I don't know I don't want to have that responsibility on me when they make like the normal average salary. It's just you're being contrarian and you're being a goofball. So if he actually means Paul George is the greatest player of all time, then he's just being ridiculous. And I might question drafting him at number two or three now. You know, not literally, but in all seriousness, something to I just thought that was kind of a goofy quote how that came off. So Brandon Miller, very Paul George comparable, I think. I think if he play I think he can compare to Paul George at the next level very well. But seeing seeing saying him said that that was his goat, I I can't help but scratch my head and laugh at that one. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a little little weird. Uh, I got to say, I'm not not um, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just a situation where he's just talking about his favorite player. I hope that's the case. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I don't really like the Paul George as a goat conversation. I, I mean, great podcaster though, great player too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> great story. Maybe that's what he's talking about. Maybe he has the goat stories. I, 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 mean, I don't know. Like shit. <laughs> oh, fantastic hairline. Absolutely. Um, Actually, honestly, one of the better shoes Nike puts out too nowadays, um, behind actual goat conversation guys like LeBron. Uh, but yeah, almost, anyways, geez, we're almost talking ourselves into it now. <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna, not even gonna go in that category. Um, look, Paul George has not won a title yet, so we must <laughs> not get carried away. Yeah, anyway, but it sounds like you, uh, you got a little fun way you want to wrap up crunch time here, though. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna talk slam ball here. If you guys don't remember slam ball, slam ball was introduced back in 1999. By the founders, Mason Gordon and Mike Tolan. It's a one-of-a-kind sports and entertainment property, which is rich 
history of success in the U.S. It was all over, uh, I don't even remember the name of the TV, just Spike TV back in the day. Brings the best elements of basketball, football, and hockey, infused with the essence of a video game back to life. Basically, there's four trampolines on the court and a basketball hoop, and these dudes wear full upper body pads like they do in the cross, a helmet like you do in hockey with no face mask, and they straight play on what is a basketball court. There's a basketball hoop, and they have a basketball. You have to dribble so many times up until the uh, trampolines, and you have to bounce. Like, if you bounce off two trampolines, you have to bounce at one time in between. But it creates some of the highest flying, craziest action. One of the skill moves was, like, the, the California lean or the, the OG thug was one of the, the, the skill moves these guys would pull. It's just some crazy moves off trampolines. Some of the collisions in midair. When they have penalties, they take, uh, you know, a one-on-one from, you know, half court and try to stop each other. But the important thing about this, and as I finish the history of it, is it is back. Starting next month, it is back. It has signed a two-year deal with ESPN Properties, and it will be covered on ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPN Plus over from 2023 and 2024. And it will combine to air 30 hours of live slam ball programming across five weekends, culminating August 17th and 19th through 19th with the slam ball playoffs and championship game. And Every single one of the games will be played in Cox Pavilion in Las Vegas, Nevada, where they have the app, the perfect court set up for this. Uh, it's going to be really fun to see. Uh, uh, you know, This was an explosive sport back in the day, and I, I loved the hell out of it back in the day. I was sad to see it go. It did kind of get a little tapered off after like the fourth season of it, but it was, it was fantastic for the first two or three. So love to see it. We're not going to see any of the OG guys. All those guys are pretty well retired now. Their knees cannot stand up to jumping on uh, some trampolines anymore. Right. But... But I got to say, I'm super excited for this one, uh, DJ. I don't know. Did you ever watch Land Ball back in the day? I didn't watch a whole lot about it, but I have seen since the start. They talk about coming back and seeing some of those highlights. And honestly, if they're looking for a play-by-play commentary, I can send in some color cast highlights or something. That, that's pretty That's pretty cool. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be action-packed. And like, I'm kind of in agreement with you, though. Like My knees, just looking at that thing, I got to spray some WD-40 on some of my joints. That, that's not for me to be participating anymore. Kudos to all of them. Yeah, no, it's exactly. I'm not. I'm not going and jumping on trampolines, but I will happily do the announcing for them if they need me. I will fly out to Vegas and do it, or I'll do it remotely from wherever I am. I mean, however they need me, I will take care of that for me. So, uh, Mason, Mike, if you hear this, give me a call. Absolutely, there is. If you need any help, we are here to do it for a reasonable fee, just enough to at least cover travel costs and a little bit extra. So, don't hesitate to reach out. Exactly. Absolutely. So, once again, as if you've been tuning in the last few weeks, I've been ending the show with a little bit of just some. I don't even call it life advice, just a little bit, a few words from the heart. And this week, I'm going to kind of continue that trend. I'm going to keep this one a lot shorter and a lot quicker for us as well. Just know it's never too late. I think that's kind of the biggest thing I always want to mention is it's never too late. You can always change. You can always look at look at who you are, look at your surroundings. You can always make change. Nothing is locked in stone forever. We are meant to be dynamic characters, not static characters. So if any time you feel you're in a funk, you something's wrong, you need, to, you need some help. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. You, It is up to you to go ahead and change that. Go and work for it, work on yourself, work to work to always make change, work to help those around you. Trust your support system, work with your support system, and just treat everybody you love with respect to. You never know. The last time you could hug them, the last time you could be around them, make sure you treat them with respect. You're always around them and be, always be always be adapt to change. Don't think you have to be the exact same person the entire time. Always be flexible. Be like water, if you will. Not to quote Bruce Lee directly, but always be willing to be willing to do what is necessary. So just wanted to give a few last minute words there for us as we round out the show today as well. Kelsey, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Oh, man, that does a pretty good job of summing it up. 
as always, everybody, we do appreciate you guys tuning in every single week. Uh, we will be back again next week, and maybe stay tuned for some Tuesday uh, tiers here going forward on our YouTube page, YouTube exclusive potentially. Um, we'll test it out. We'll see how it goes. So uh, for DJ, I'm Kelsey. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will see you again next week.